Molly here. In this episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, there was some unexpected noise which we were unable to remove. We apologize for the technical glitch. The Very Serious Crafts podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered Patreon-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 21 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. And I'm Molly from Wild Olive. It's almost Halloween, so today we will be talking about costumes, creepy doll crafts, places you can craft, and hair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, And that just made it more creepy. Awesome. (laughs) I mean, that's my job. (laughs) I mean, tis the season, you guys. It's almost Halloween. It's true, it's true. I'm supposed to be spooky. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So, as you guys know, I am in the middle of writing another book. And I have reached the point where multiple fingers on both hands are bruised. And my left thumb keeps going numb. Because... Mm of the tendonitis that happens when you grip something for like 12 hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been having a lot of a lot of exciting weird finger happenings. <laughs> um, Would you yes. call them hauntings? Are your fingers haunted, Haley? My thumb definitely is haunted. <laughs> yeah. I mean cuz it keeps dying and coming back. Like Ooh. A zombie thumb. Um Anyway, so, yeah, my fingers hurt. Yeah. The end. (laughs) So my long story short this week is that um, in the last 10 days, my husband and I have gone from not even looking for a new uh, place to live to putting an offer in on um, a condo in our building, and it's gotten accepted, so everything is moving very quickly now, and um, I'm getting a lot of anxiety knitting done. Okay. That's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, that's useful. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the secret over- is just, you know, if you need to get a lot of knitting done, just <laughs> quick buy a house. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. No big Are deal. Are your fingers haunted too? Um, Not yet, thank goodness. But at the rate at which I am knitting till two in the morning, they probably will be soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I got to stretch nice. and do all that good stuff. But yeah, that's my crazy life at the moment. How about you, Molly? Um, I don't know if this happened because my fingers were haunted or my <laughs> brain just did not work properly. But yesterday I sent the most embarrassing business email ever uh, in my oh, no. existence. <laughs> so I sent, I was making a, a request um, to include someone's pattern in a roundup post that I was, um, that I'm working on. And in the middle of it, I asked, I left in some text from a previous email (laughs) 
that was also business related. <laughs> and so right in the middle of the, the copy and pasted text, it says, get naked. <laughs> just just a, a non sequitur, just right in the middle of the email? Well, did you know the person you were emailing? I, I think that was the thing. And I was like, I, I didn't notice it until a couple minutes later Then I was like, when I was like still copying and pasting that same text because it was a big block. But basically, I there's a pattern that exists and it's called the get naked bath mat pattern. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a really great idea for a bath mat. But yeah. what it just said, I sent her, I was like, could I use your get naked pattern? And I was just like, if she doesn't know what I'm talking about, that's really inappropriate. I mean, if she wouldn't, how would she know? <laughs> so I sent her an email back like, I'm really sorry. I'm not a total weirdo. Um, there's actually a pattern that I was like writing to someone about that's called that. And I don't know if that makes me less of a weirdo or not, but please laugh. <laughs> I have not heard back from her yet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that was me. Wow. We are professional adult business women. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Also, I resisted tweeting about it because I thought it's probably a bad idea for me to put get naked into any of my tweets because that will attract something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I put a lot of things that are questionable in my tweets, and it really, the, I don't think I've ever written anything that wasn't political mm-hmm. that attracted any weirdos. Mm-hmm. Well, any weirdos that I don't already want. So I think you'd be fine. Yeah. But that is really amazing. That's, <laughs> okay. and I'm sorry that that happened to you too, Molly, because I can just imagine <laughs> specifically, like as your friend, I can imagine your personal level of horror. <laughs> That's true. Um, and I'm sure it was a lot. All right, so I'm about to really, really, really own my inner creepy goth kid. A.K.A. your personal brand. Okay. (laughs) Um, Sorry. But you wouldn't know it to look at. At all. At all. Yeah. Um, You would have known it to look at 15 to 22-year-old me. Mm Mm-hmm. But... Or, eh, 15 to 21-year-old me. Anyway, so let's talk about hair work. <laughs> I'm so excited about this topic so because I'm super into it. Um, hair work, if you don't know, is using hair, usually in braids of some sort, to make either a decorative piece of art or a wearable piece of jewelry. And it's a thing that still happens today, but it's not nearly as popular as it was in Victorian times, which is what most people think about when they think of hair work. I I usually think of mourning jewelry. Yeah. What about, like, um, wasn't there hair work, or at least locks of hair, in the American Girl books? Yeah, trading locks of hair. Yeah, that's which what I will actually totally get to. Okay, um, <laughs> perfect. So, it, because it it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people th- 
now think about hair work, they're sort of creeped out by it. Yes. But it used to be <laughs> like <me>. super common <laughs> to exchange locks of hair with your friends before photography existed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and even when photography existed, you might do that as an addition to photography because it's you're giving someone you care about an actual piece of you mm-hmm. which was symbolically quite lovely and, and probably more efficient than like giving them one of your fingers or toes for example probably <laughs> although it was morbid sure now <laughs> um, sorry but, Haley. Uh, yeah <laughs> continue I mean, on want to mummify that Oh, boy. Uh, Preservation techniques, yes. (laughs) I won't dive into it. So so most people think about mourning jewelry when they think about hair work and jewelry or art made out of hair. But it was actually much more common during Victorian times for the hair in a piece of hair work to be of living, breathing, alive people. Mm-hmm. So you might make um, something that I refer to internally as like a family tree hair wreath. Um, but And I've seen sort of family tree referenced when talking about these wreaths, but I'm not actually sure if that's what, say, antique stealers would would call these, but I okay. think it's it's useful. Um, so the reason that I'm talking about this at all is because I found just the mother of all hair wreaths. <laughs> yes, you did on Instagram, and I immediately sent it to Heidi and Molly <laughs> because I was super into it, and they were going to react. <laughs> Accurate. (laughs) Yep. And so um, this piece was shared by Courtney Lane, who is Never Forgotten CL on Instagram. And she is actually a modern hair work artist. Cool. And I believe she also collects antique pieces. Sure. But she saw this particular piece, um, and it's extremely well documented. So, according to her, a woman named Hattie made this particular wreath, which is linked in the show notes, um, within a span of about a year, which is really impressive if you see it, because it's incredibly ornate, um... From 1836 to 1837. And there are about a thousand hair flowers made from the hair of 264 members of her family. What? It's just. Yeah. Okay, first of all, all she of knew whom, all those people. Yeah, all of whom are named in a document that accompanies the wreath. I mean, that's one way to preserve your genetic material. <laughs> I mean, isn't that cool? Though? That's it nuts. Is. I mean, when you think about it, and it's um, from a private collection of a woman named Pamela Moschini, and it was lent, 
Uh, it was it's on display um, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and was lent from this private collection. And it is just wild. Hello, and this is my hair collection. Like, is that what Pamela's like? The lady who owns that thing? I mean, yes. <laughs> sorry. Hair. That was my mental hair image. Work I'm collections sorry. are a thing. Like with a capital. T. I just okay. But <laughs> step. Step back to this particular wreath, though, because my first thought is the the very the the process of collecting all of the hair from all of those two hundred and some relatives and tracking like did she track who she got it from or did she just like then once she gets it um, just it goes into different you know color sections or whatever but just the process of gathering all of that hair for this project is a big thing in itself. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And the cool thing is that um, all the flowers are, like, different colors and different combinations. Yeah. So you can see the age range, and it's it's really cool. But it's also... I think that's a really interesting and very tangible way to make basically a family tree. And... I just I find it to be really interesting. And so when when people think about hair jewelry or hair wreaths or whatever, they often wonder how where the hair came from. And the answer is usually from living people, but in modern days you can buy hair. But oh, yeah. you you need hair like it can't be discarded. It's not like what you would take from a brush or something like that. Right. Although oh, that many be... people do think that that's where it came from, but much like when you're working with animal fibers um, or other animal fibers, hair needs to be combed and it needs to be clean and it needs to be smooth in order to work with it. Yeah. So any Anything that would lack those fibers, like brushing your hair, um, makes it useless. Although you might use it to stuff something, mm. as it's an animal fiber. But um, it's so it <laughs> usually sorry. comes. I'm just yeah. now thinking about all of the hair I've discarded that I could have been <laughs> filling all of these little stuffed toys with. There, is, there was an actual. Victorian hair repository um, that would sit on the dressing tables of women specifically for like removing the hair from your brush or your comb and putting it in so you could then use it later. And is this a practice, is all this hair um, crafting a practice that's primarily like from England, the United States, other parts of Europe. It's sort of unclear where the origins are. Some early information, um, like some early writings of the day, credit it with being from Germany. Um, it definitely happened in Victorian England, mm-hmm. and it definitely happened in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it it spread in popularity pretty broadly in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure, and that's specifically what I'm talking about when I'm talking about hair work Mm -hmm. in this context, because I, that's what I know about. I know about European 
hair at work. Okay. But, um, so yeah, and it's not all human hair. You can also use horse hair or other animal fibers. And so it's, it's a more flexible craft than you would think. Mm-hmm. And so I've actually seen some really interesting and strange versions of hair work. Um, I went to a private viewing at the Met with my bobbin lace guild, and we had pieces of interesting antique bobbin lace pulled from the collection so we could look at them in person, not behind glass. Mm -hmm. And so one of those pieces was a fan leaf from the second half of the 19th century that was um, Chantilly bobbin lace that was hair, um, blonde hair. And it is maybe the most intricate piece of lace I've ever seen in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it makes sense. it is so cool. And I got to look at it under a microscope. Mm-hmm. Um, or a, a not quite microscope, a, a many times magnifier. And so I could see like the nodding and stuff like that. A- and it it's just so beautiful. When that they, sounds really cool. For that for mm-hmm. that piece, Haley, was it um like were they working with individual strands of hair or several mm-hmm. strands held together? Wow. Of course that's um, be I I intricate, think though. Well, there there are some parts that are thicker um, okay. that have uh, it looks like, and I'm just referring to a picture now since it's obviously not in front of me. It looks like there might be um, a gimp thread through it, which would be thicker. Okay, but as far as I remember from looking at the magnified portions, the knotting was one strand to one strand. Amazing. That's really and, cool. Yeah. So it, it was, it's beautiful. And sort of, it started my journey down the hair rabbit hole, although I've liked Victorian morning. Ju- yes, I know. I know. <laughs> so I, I've liked Victorian morning jewelry since my creepy youth. But that fan really brought it into, like, my adult interests again. Yeah. And so I just think that's very cool. But I've got a couple of other pieces that I thought were just interesting that I will also link to in the show notes. Um, Let's see. There's an entire graveyard scene, like multiple 3D domed graveyard scenes made of hair. Um, one is at the, it must, um, it's in Morbid Anatomy's collection and they're usually in New York. So they're here at the Greenwood Cemetery, actually, which is a beautiful, beautiful Victorian cemetery that is in Brooklyn. Um, but it, they have a piece loaned out to the Mütter Museum in Philadelphia and it's really cool. And there's a picture of that that I can share as well. And I also found a bunch of tutorials also from Courtney Lane, who I mentioned at the beginning of this section, 
and a lot of also informational videos. She's got a YouTube channel all about hair work, which is really, really neat. (laughs) And there are a bunch of misconceptions about it, and I will link to that video because it's pretty cool. And it's just... The practice is so varied and can be done in so many ways. It can be done by hand. There are hanging braiding techniques that have, like, actual moving contraptions that you do it on. Cool. Um, And there's actually uh, bobbin lace making that is done on, if not the same, a very similar sort of round hanging contraption. Mm -hmm. So gravity does the binding together for you mm-hmm. or the tensioning for you and the, there are just so many variations of hair work that it's really hard to talk about them all and not maybe gross everybody out <laughs> <laughs> so um they're they are they are lovely and i encourage you to actually look closely at them mm-hmm. like suspend Maybe your knowledge of what they are for a moment and look at the details. <laughs> and look at the work. Because yeah. it's like it's truly skilled work. Yeah. And it can be mounted in jewelry, it can be mounted in frames. And there was actual physical jewelry comprised of hair braids and wraps, which is interesting. Um and I'll have links to all that in the show notes. But that's just sort of a little overview of of hair work and Victorian, uh, well, mourning jewelry for for well, those of you who know it is that. Quite frankly, I was a little bit like about about this whole idea. But first of all, seeing that gorgeous wreath, uh, just looking at it briefly in um, on Instagram, um, yeah, I was impressed. And yeah. and the context makes it so much less creepy. Yeah. And then just kind of hearing more about this, it does make me want to go, okay, I do need to set this aside, set aside my I don't like hair uh, thing. um, Yeah. And And I mean, do keep in mind that clean hair was used. Oh, yes. And it's not, I know. And and it's not hair you found, it's either hair you were given or your own hair. Um, Yes. So it's true. It's not nearly as actually gross as people might think it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's just is mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that it feels a little odd, which is I kind of, yeah. kind of the point here, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think hair is also interesting because like many animal fibers, it doesn't need to be preserved. It's keratin. It just is. And yeah. It can last for thousands of years as long as it's stored clean and kept well, away from insects. And mm-hmm. hair varies so much that it kind of mm-hmm. is like such a uh, – gives you a whole palette and different textures and everything to work with that that kind of makes it extra interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if you look really closely, especially at large wreaths, you can see so many, like they sort of just look brown from a distance. But when you look up close, you can see silver strands. You can see blonde strands. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's really a lot more varied and a lot more textured than you think it might be. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for so doing all that. Yeah, thanks for doing all that <laughs> research fair. and sharing with us. I 
really liked it. <laughs> I probably would have never taken as deep a dive into like that craft had I not been friends with you. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, well, my uh, Halloween crafts... Like, in general, uh, when it comes to Halloween, I am a little bit more of a fan of the cute and a little bit less of a fan of the creepy. Yes. Um, and so... I don't like scary, though. Yeah, but I... But, like... Not, like, horror film scary. Not, like, skin melting right. off your face, pus horror, which seems to be so popular and gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, I feel well, some you. kind of way about... I like macabre. Yeah. Not- yes. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. No no jump scares for this gal is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, me neither. Mm-mm. I saw Blair Witch Project once. Yeah. I skipped it. And I ran out of <laughs> the theater. Yeah. Well I, I came back. <laughs> I so all that to say is that I am much more of a cute fan of Halloween. And so I've got yeah. two little updates on Halloween projects that have specifically come up on this podcast. <laughs> um so, number one, um, progress continues on the Great Pumpkin Sweater. Um, I'm so I fi- excited. I finished charting yeah. the um, the pumpkin design, and I text these guys. Um, and so far, I've knit just the mouth of the jack-o'-lantern. And it's in three colors of intarsia, so I'm having fun with that, because just plain stockinette gets so boring sometimes. Yeah. Um, so that's that update. That's on track to get done this year by me. But I would be remiss at this time of year not to mention... The pom-pom costume that longtime listeners <laughs> will, remember, pom. will remember from last year. Um, the whole thing is maybe 40% done from last year. I'm looking at it over my shoulder. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think I'm going to um, hire one of my sample makers to finish all of just the latch hooking for me. Because it's the same exact thing over and over. Halloween is coming, and I think the only way it's going to happen is if I just get over myself and enlist some help. So hopefully that all, yeah, yeah, hopefully that all happens. And especially with moving in the next like few weeks, most likely, I need to like get over myself and, like I say, get some help because there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no. So you absolutely should get some help. Yeah. So that's the little update on those projects since it is Halloween. But that's all I got. I'm so excited for your sweater. (laughs) I'm pretty pumped to wear it. It looks so good. And I so badly want to make one. (laughs) The face design is just the right amount of like like vintage cute. Because I know you've got like kind of the vintage style to the to the actual fit of the sweater. Mm -hmm. So having like what looks like it could be like nineteen fifties Halloween decoration style pumpkin. Is yep. Yeah, I'm glad that you did that so well. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad that that's how you guys read it because I was specifically looking at all these like home decor, like you know, like cardstock pumpkins that you can yep. tape yeah. in your window. Yep. But I specifically was looking for pictures from the. I tried the 30s, but Halloween was still kind of weird. Um, late 40s through or through late yeah. 50s was where the sweet spot was. Mm-hmm. And it was nice. Yeah, my uh, grandma still has those. It's oh, nice. so uh, cool. I know, love those things. And uh, Heidi from My Paper Crane collects those. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, so that's she's oh, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. She mm-hmm. uh, she has tons. She's actually made, 
taken those designs and enlarged <laughs> them and made them on like painted them on wood cutouts for their yard so they have that's every year. Cool. It's so oh, that's cool. cool. I might have yeah. to borrow that idea if I ever have a normal front yard that's not in an apartment building. <laughs> Yeah. That's a really well, cool idea. I feel like you've opted out of that for a little yeah, while. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> well, because I don't actually want to deal with a house, you see. Yes. But that's understandable. <laughs> but that's a tangent. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the return of Halloween's past, yes. Molly, are you haunted? I'm <laughs> I may be. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't remember if this was actually last Halloween. I think it was. It was right around Halloween that I shared about this little creepy doll um, that could fit in the palm of my hand. It and, was last Halloween. Was it last Halloween? <laughs> um, and she caused, like, she has, like, this, like, dented. Yeah, she has this dented <laughs> yeah. in head and a crocheted dress and everything, and and, and she, she caused, caused the chaos. recording to go out. I'm I'm actually checking my recording right now to make sure it's still recording. It is okay. Um, as uh-huh. I talk about her, because it was that weird. Um, and oh, I don't we usually need to say nice things about the nice doll. things about the doll. She's so nice. She is. And actually, the weird thing is, I'm not sure where she is right now. I thought she was on my shelf, and she's not anymore. And then I thought maybe she's she was downstairs. On- is she? Because I haven't seen her. She's downstairs her. in like the entryway. You put her on the shelf. Yeah. Or you put her up. But I haven't seen um, her lately, and now I'm nervous. Like on top of the glassed-in cabinet. Okay, I'm gonna look for her after we record because I literally couldn't find her um, before. But Maybe anyway, she's hiding. She could be. But um, I bring her up again because the other we, we're doing some work in our living room, and things have been moved around and stuff and I was walking down the hall the other night and there was a different doll standing on top of this um hutch and it was just kind of it was just kind of there and there was a little bit of light on her and she just <laughs> looked kind of spooky and it was like I don't usually get weird about dolls actually like that hasn't usually bothered me but she definitely looked like a creepy doll in that moment <laughs> and so it made me think that I should maybe do a little creepy doll uh, research. And I would just like to say, as a warning, if you have a problem with creepy dolls, don't do a Google image search for creepy doll craft late at yeah. night. No, oh, you'll get a whole lot of Annabelle. It is, <laughs> it's, yeah, something. So I just be warned that there are some really weird things out there. Um, <laughs> not like, not like, questionable really but it's just it's creepy you know that's it it does what it deeply creepy yeah it does what it sets out to accomplish so i was looking at what different kinds of things people do with especially doll heads um because i was curious (laughs) and i think i would just like to point out that it's not me doing this topic i we were it's it's the halloween episode i thought it would be i i also tend to be cute halloween yeah. I thought it might be fun to do a little a look into um, creepy. So oh, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, so I think like the most common that you see is um, taking a doll head and making it into a planter. So yeah, you cut yeah. off the top of the doll head and you plant like succulents are a popular choice. Especially succulents are really popular right now. Anyway, so mm-hmm. now do this for Halloween or just your everyday creepiness. That's also fine. Um, oh, so I like one, that one. Yeah. Uh, my favorite example of those doll head planters is actually at my hair salon. 
I go to a place called Twisted Scissors and they specialize in like color effects and stuff. I'm like one okay. of their most vanilla customers. <laughs> but they have an entire shelf of doll head planters and it's really cool. Nice. I That's mean, all. I saw a variety of them, including some where they had spray painted the doll head bright, shiny red. And Ugh. I found that to be very disturbing. Um, yeah. I would way rather have like chipped paint creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Than. Or chipped paint natural. <laughs> shabby chic. Creepy. Shabby yeah. chic creepy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I Ugh, found. I hate that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I found a couple examples of that. And I'm I'm linking to my all, all of my favorite creepy doll crafts uh, tutorials in the show notes today. So um, I love you that you have these. favorites. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did. I found some where they like. Because a lot of times what you want to be able to do is go to, like, Goodwill or something and pick up an inexpensive doll and transform it. And so behead it. And rip yeah, its head exactly. off. <laughs> I know. I know. My, <laughs> yeah. I um, feel like that's just asking for a haunting. It you might be. asking. It might be. <laughs> you pull the head off and, like, the ghost goes, like, ooh, I'm in your house. <laughs> you just, like, see <laughs> little fist come out. Um... Yeah. The anyway. doll body walking down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Losing that. tufts of stuffing. Oh as long as the stuffing isn't hair, I guess. I guess. <laughs> that would That'd be, be an interesting find. That doll is definitely haunted then. Um, yeah. but Sorry, so, we are stomping all over your no, topic, no, no. Molly. <laughs> I, why do you think I chose a topic like this to look into? It's because I knew we would have these great conversations. So, um... Yeah, so I found a couple of those that I liked. Some simple, some a little more involved. Um, there's one where, or a couple that I found where it creates almost like a terrarium where you put the creepy doll head into the bowl or the jar or whatever and add things around it like tool to kind of give it a misty um, Disney haunted mansion floating head look. <laughs> I My favorite one, though, was... It came up on my screen, and my brother kind of jumped back away from the screen, which I <laughs> thought was a good sign. And it's this is the tutorial that shows you how to take a doll head and transform it into a nightlight. Mm-hmm. So nope. it has <laughs> world of no glowing green eyes and kind of a, just a, a general green glow about it, and it was no. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> I, yeah, it um uh-uh. it was definitely a really creepy way to transform. I, I mean again, like I saw some really weird stuff, including like cages, little like bird cages filled with doll heads and um Things where they had made these things look like they were bleeding or decaying and all of that. But, like, there's just something really creepy about a glowing doll head that you would stick. Like, and they. There's I, something I, really creepy about a glowing doll head. <laughs> yes. Full stop. <laughs> I'm convinced. Yeah. I mean, like, they literally, they cut the hair off super short, but where it's, like, still the little top of the oh, hair. like Sid, like Sid's creepy yes. creation was, in Toy Story. I, it did make me think 
Um, it's actually shorter than the creepy doll in um, Toy Story. But it did make me think, why, have I n- why did I not find a tutorial on how to make that doll combined right. with, like, isn't it, like, erector It's like set spider leg, leg yeah. Set? But yeah. they're, like, shaped yeah. like a spider, and I think they might... It's an erector set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, why isn't that tutorial out there? And now um, I... Molly, I, I, I feel as though you have found your calling. <laughs> apparently, apparently. I am, by the way, now looking at the doll, which has an eye removed for the light glowing process. <laughs> I hope you guys take a look at this um, when we're done recording, because it's special. I'm already going to have nightmares. <laughs> you might. You might. Anyway. I also, though, feel like maybe my bathroom needs one. It might. It's, I mean, they're definitely showing it for Halloween. It's a good Halloween decoration. It's like... Well, the only outlet in my bathroom is above my medicine cabinet. That'd be a perfect so place for it. it would, because when you turn around where the toilet is, it would be like... Yeah. Right. I, well, it would be above your head, but it would be right in front of you. Yeah. I know this wouldn't work for your situation, but I also feel like... This would be the kind of thing that would be great to have across from a mirror so that when someone looks in the mirror, they suddenly catch a glimpse of it because it would be very startling. (laughs) Once again. (laughs) And definitely do not put it in front of an antique or thrifted mirror. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) You're just asking for trouble. I suppose. You really are. I wonder if I could take the... The little creepy doll with the crocheted dress and wire her with with an LED light. I feel like that might anger her. It might. <laughs> she might like it. <laughs> I don't I think you should ask. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. We're wound up. But yeah. we're on the cusp okay, of a new so. topic, so here's a great place to make a transition. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working Indeed. on it. Sorry, I'm stitching a project and <laughs> I got distracted. Yes. I was like, Haley's looking down a lot. I wonder if she knows she's on deck. <laughs> I, in theory. So, on the topic of me working on book projects everywhere, <laughs> yes. including while recording this podcast, mm-hmm. um, I... As I've mentioned on a previous podcast, work part of my days at a co-working space at uh, called The Wing, which is a women's co-working space. And so it's very, very business woman and creative centered. But I've never seen a maker there. Mm. Okay. And so I brought all of my stitching because that I'm at the point where that is my job. My job is to stitch things and watch bad ghost hunting TV. <laughs> that is what I'm supposed to be doing for the next month. Yes. And so I brought all of my stuff and my iPad to watch bad TV and I felt so awkward. Aww. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, like, feeling like everybody can see that I am just stitching and watching bad TV. 
No, nobody cares. Yeah, right. Is the thing. And I, I thought people might judge me and think that I was just hanging out, killing time, like not doing work during a work day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just my own projection. Yeah. It had nothing to do with, with, with reality, but it was definitely, it felt very awkward. Although my editor did comment on my Instagram post about it, saying that she would, um, what did she say? That she would, uh, oh, <laughs> if anyone gives you side eye, I'll cut them. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I felt very backed up. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, man. Yeah, I get really paranoid in my studio space, too, because um, the we, we're, it's kind of like cubicles. And I'm always mm-hmm. worried that, like, if I'm listening to music or, like, doing something that doesn't sound like work... Yeah, everybody right. in the building is silently judging me. That's what I'm always convinced is happening. And they for sure aren't. Yeah, they don't they care. They have not noticed. Right. Only one person asked about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was someone who worked there who knew that I had been on a deadline and wanted to see what I was up to. Yeah. Like, everyone's worried about themselves. Yeah. Nobody's worried yeah. about you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I can... Uh, <laughs> one up that story uh, oh, and talk about <laughs> crafting in a public space where people most definitely are caring what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes so good, I sh- sometimes bad I, in my experience, but yeah. Well, I'm specifically talking about when I knitted when I had jury duty a few years ago. Oh, I crocheted at jury duty. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people when I've said I've done that, first of all, like the idea of crafting during jury, jury duty, they're like, how'd you get the needles in? And I was like, wooden. It's not a courthouse for vampires. Like, what do they think is happening? <laughs> it might be. You don't know if those people are vampires. <laughs> I taught myself how to crochet on jury duty. My Maybe my first or second year living in New York. That's funny. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the case I was on <laughs> was a drugs case. So I'm sitting there, like, in the front row of the little jury box, knitting away on my DPNs. Um, I made sure to knit, like, low, and I tried to be, like, very subtle. And, like, because <laughs> I was, I was, I don't think it would have been out of the realm of possibility that someone would have said, like, you got to put that away. Um, but I still went for it because I was like, I'm going to be sitting here for eight hours for two days, unable to, like, do any work. I've got to do something. But yeah. the only time, much to my surprise, that I had to put down my sock knitting was mm-hmm. when one of the lawyers or the court officers passed around some evidence. So oh. I literally knit in public in an actual court case and had to put down my sock knitting to handle some crack cocaine. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's it's huh. pretty good. It was very different than I thought it would be. Um, actually, I don't think I'd ever, I don't think I'd ever, uh, maybe both. I don't think (laughs) I'd ever contemplated what crack cocaine actually looked like, but they looked, but the, the evidence that we saw, cause it was just a small amount. Um, cause it was from like a specific like drug transaction that they could actually like prosecute. (laughs) Um, they looked like those poppers you get on 4th of July. They were like little P rocks, like wrapped in saran wrap. And I was like, huh. Hmm. So this is a thing that destroys lives. Look how small it is. I guess I'm going to pick up my sock knitting and think about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, things you learn while knitting. Yeah. 
And it was great because um, I was still working as a librarian at the time. So I went back to my teen center and told all my library kids that Miss Heidi was gone for the week to handle crack. <laughs> and they thought that was funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not what I would have expected. <laughs> my experience with crafting in public, and I really like, I wanted us to talk about this because I love. Heidi, you've got the places you can knit hashtag, which I love. And um, and I was thinking about different places where I experiences that I've had crafting in public. And I'm more likely, I used to be more likely to be doing embroidery or English paper piecing in public, mm-hmm. yeah. which people are sometimes baffled by. Now I'm more likely to actually have knitting or crochet with me. And... So I've brought my knitting with me to church, and I've never actually knit in church, but I've knit, like, while waiting for church to start. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes people are looking at you like, what what are you doing with that? I but, feel um, like in church is a, like, one of the more expected places that you might find knitting. Or maybe just the church I grew yes. up in. I don't know. Yes. Um, no, you would think... Um, and I do, I have seen other people, um, do it. I, um, on an airplane, I've been like seated across from someone who was also knitting and we just kind of, you know, gave the acknowledging look and the chin, the chin, the chin lift, the chin nod. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I, I really got to thinking about this most recently because I was getting ready to go to a concert and I was thinking, should I bring my crochet with me so that I can be working on it in the car? And then I was like, well, maybe not. I had, at the time, I had four pull skeins of yarn attached to my project mm-hmm. that is quite long. And I thought, well, that might be inconvenient. But then, so I left it at home. But then I got to the concert, and while waiting for it to start, and then listening to the opening band, because I'm one of those people that gets there early mm-hmm. instead of, like, showing up right before the main act. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but while waiting, I thought, and listening to the opening band, I thought, why didn't I bring that crochet? I should be sitting here at this concert crocheting. And I didn't do it. And I really, <laughs> really regretted it. Is that is that sad? No. Should I have done it? Well, I mean, I would have felt exactly the same was what I was going to say. Yeah, me too. But if I'm okay, yeah. sitting around waiting for something, I would far rather be occupied with a thing. Yeah. Especially a yeah. thing where you can socialize and do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. that's one of the good things about being where I am in the book process right now. I'm stitching things so I can yeah. have conversations and hang out and do whatever. I just have to be working the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think it's fine as long as it doesn't offend the person who's performing. Right. Mm, yeah. Or right. distract the person who's performing. Right. Uh, it. No one would have, I don't think anyone other than my sister would have even noticed that I was uh, working on a project. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I missed out. Well, and missed out. you can always, you know, remember that the odds of you having someone drunkenly call your work a hamster sweater are, are, lo- right. a lo- are like a lot lower now because that's happened to me. Statistically, yeah. that will probably never happen again. Yeah. And that's <laughs> And that was probably the like most ridiculous knitting in public interaction I've ever had was the hamster yeah. sweater incident. I mean, I would say my most ridiculous knitting in public 
interaction I've had is when someone asked if I was knitting and I was doing embroidery. Right. So I was just um, going to say that, that people <laughs> like whispering, she's embroidering when I'm knitting is a thing that happens or the other way around. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> listeners, um, we would love to hear your craziest story of crafting in public and um, or maybe just the craziest place that you have um, crafted in public um, because that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun. And, and I will say, yeah. in the jury box, I don't know that I would have done, but in the waiting area, oh, yeah. Yes. Like, that is yeah. a brilliant idea, because nobody can do anything, and you have something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've usually taken that waiting room time um, to read a book, because yeah. I don't, like, I have to, I have to work in crafting other times which means that I push out like actually reading a real book not listening to something but like reading it and so there's something nice about that um it feels like bonus time (laughs) (laughs) totally that makes complete sense I think that's I think the concept of bonus time is the biggest reason that knitting in public is a thing that everyone should give a try because that's how you actually finish a sweater is if you're knitting for example oh yeah just carry it around is carry it in your bag Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on the subway. It, standing on the subway is one of my favorite places to knit. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. With, like, the skeins, or the balls of yarn, um, so, like, center pulled balls in your purse. Mm-hmm. And yep. just standing there knitting, and people are baffled by it <laughs> in the best of possible ways. Um, I, well, one of my... Some of my favorite moments when I was um, visiting my friend Katie in England last year was when we would be sitting on a train across from each other and we each had our knitting out and we were just working across from each other. And um, it is a very nice place to work, especially when you've got a table oh, yeah. to set your stuff on. I do it's it amazing. on um, like Amtrak's all the time yep. when heading to Vermont to see my in-laws and stuff like that. It is, it's a really, really solid way to take a chunk out of a project yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there's a in related to the subway knitting there's a guy i see who rides my subway line and he is dressed head to toe in crochet and is always crocheting but like serious like bright yellow or bright red um head to toe like including big hat crochet and he's always crocheting on the train and I love seeing him it's my favorite yeah well and obviously that's why he's able to be head to toe in crochet is because he's always crocheting yeah totally (laughs) well that was that was fun Mm -hmm. and a little creepy too (laughs) not the crocheting on the train part yeah the the rest of I mean I suppose it might be creepy in the middle of the night if he's staring at you it wouldn't be creepy for someone who crochets, though. Someone who doesn't crochet might get creeped out, though. True. <laughs> True. I feel like embroidery, like not looking at your embroidery and looking at someone else while stabbing, that might be creepy. That would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's your tip, kids. If you want to be creepy <laughs> while crafting, that's how you do it. And then you could also just carry around a glowing doll head with you. I feel like that's implied. <laughs> 
Maybe. The, oh, yes. My gosh. The dowel heads could hold your center pole balls. Okay, now that actually could be good. Like the yarn, the yeah. yarn bowls, but out of a doll head. Yes. You'd probably need a pretty big doll head, but. It would have to be out of the mouth. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Correct. So you have to have a head <laughs> flap then. Yeah. I think this could, I mean, part of me wants to see if I can make this happen. Yeah, <laughs> I feel tempted and I support you in All right. this. Since I can't add anything else right now, I really want you to. I, I actually seriously want to go to Goodwill and see if I can find a really big doll now. <laughs> I'm into it. I support you in this creativity. All right. All right. Well, since I need to probably go to Goodwill to find a, a doll head to mutilate. <laughs> Obviously. Um, we should probably wrap up. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Before we officially sign off, we want to give a shout out to our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. So thank you, crafters. Yeah. Thank you. you. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. If you're a person who likes to hang out on the internet, you should hang out with us. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join the conversation? Tag us using hashtag Very Serious Crafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, to tag us with at Serious Crafts so we can reshare. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? Yeah. Goodness. Um. <laughs> Speaking of creepy. <laughs> Molly's haunted now. Bye. <laughs> Just kidding. Or is Molly haunting me while I'm reading? <laughs> um, great. <laughs> Pretty the Very Serious Crafts Podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Because good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And finally, if you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click sponsor or support us at Patreon.com slash Serious Crafts. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Bye.